The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Almost a week after the shocking news at RTE that it had underdeclared the payments to Ryan Tuberty, several executives and members of the board of RTE appeared before the Oireachtas Media Committee today to explain what happened and to also say what they are going to do next. No. Steve Forbes, who resigned as Director General earlier on this week. But we did have the Chair of the RT Board, Shuni Rally, apologise to the committee and state that the board wants to rebuild trust. But there was tough questioning of several of those executives who attended about who knew what about these payments and when and how they were set up. So firstly, let's hear Imelda Munster, who is a member of the committee, asking the Chief Financial Officer of RTE, Richard Ford, on what was known about RTE's pay deal. You were before the Public Accounts Committee in January 22 and uh, the Director General D. D. Forbes had stated to the members of the Oireachtas Committee that the reduction in the pay salaries for the top earners had been achieved, right? Now we know that in Ryan Tuberty's case that that wasn't correct, to say the least, right? You sat there and you didn't correct that as Chief Financial Officer. You let that slide. Why was that? Because I didn't know. You what? I mean, I didn't know. So you didn't, right, so you didn't know that this commercial deal was done with Ryan Tuberty. Is that what you're saying? You had no idea, because that's Did, not what you said a few minutes no, ago. No, I didn't have the full extent of the deal. Ah, but you the knew deal. he wasn't, you knew he wasn't being paid in jelly tots. You knew there was money being handed over. So you knew when the, those figures were published of the salaries, that in Ryan Tuberty's case, that that figure was not correct. No, and I you didn't. sat there and said no. nothing. One no, final question. I didn't question. know that. Sorry, let yeah. me, please let me answer that because I didn't know that. Finance report the published earnings of the top talent, but we can only report what we know and what we're told. Richard Collins, the Chief Financial Officer of RTE. Now, of course, lots of people say surely these executives had to know what Dee Forbes was negotiating with Ryan Tuberty and his agent, Noel Kelly. And earlier today in the Dáil, the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar said that the government don't believe it's credible that Dee Forbes was the only one who knew about the Ryan Tuberty pay arrangements. While the RT statement from yesterday shed some light on what has transpired, a lot of questions remain open. So we expect to see a full and open engagement at the Oireachtas Committees today and tomorrow. And certainly we do not believe it is credible that the former DG, D. Forbes, was the only person uh, with knowledge of these events. Daniel McConnell, editor of the Business Post and Lorcan Nine, head of training at the Communications Clinic, are with us. Danny, you've been bringing us the news all this week. What did you make? Firstly, what, just give us some more details of what were the key points of what Orti had to say today and what did you make of it? Okay, so a number of key points in that that stuck uh, stood out. One was uh, Richard Collins, the uh, chief financial officer, uh, confirming to the committee that this two hundred and twenty thousand euro payment between twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen, which has been the subject of a lot of controversy over the last uh, couple of days, uh, turns out to be a loyalty bonus. Uh, towards Ryan Tuberty. So this, uh, yes, uh, well, there you go. This is just a, another top up, essentially, uh, to Ryan Tuberty. Did he get how- this money? Well, it, it's, he said it was credited against his earnings for unexplained reasons. So, I mean, there was still an element of uncertainty in relation to all that. But we do know that that €120,000, D Forbes just said she knew no, had no knowledge of it. Previous incumbents in, in the board said they had no knowledge of these payments. So they, 
this is why they're still subject to a Grant Thornton investigation. But that certainly sticks out like a sore thumb. And I think that that has raised the heckles. You know, you're already seeing kind of reaction to that from within RT and kind of around the place that, that that's already kind of been, been honed in on. But I think more fundamentally, we found out today that the RT board chair, Shuni Rahili, asked D Forbes for her resignation on Friday the 16th of June. So this is before any of this became public. This is, you know, got to two weeks ago now. Uh, and that obviously came on foot of the Grant Thornton review, which was provo- provided to the Audit and Risk Committee of the board. Um, and it was recommended that the board seek the resignation of D Forbes. Now, obviously, D Forbes did not accede to the, the request at that point. And at that, and uh, um, Shuni Rahi basically said at that point, the board of Orty found itself in a, a disciplinary process with its own director general. Uh, and at that point, obviously, D Forbes was, you know, you know, as we were reporting, everyone had lawyered up around this at, at this point. So, you know, the lawyers were all over every stage of this process. And that would give some, uh, I suppose, explanation as to why Shuni Rahili did not say when she was first on the 6-1 News last Thursday that uh, D Forbes had been suspended by the organisation the day before. And as to why... Uh, Orty had told various media outlets, including the Business Post, that D Forbes was actually on annual leave at the time when she had, had already been suspended. So um, you're getting an explanation, but you, you still see, I mean, the, the committee meeting is still ongoing. And, you know, the chairperson, Neve Smith, in the last 10 minutes described the answers as vague and unsatisfactory. So, you know, they are being put to, uh, you know, they are being put through their paces. And it has been kind of quite frosty and quite um, touchy at times between uh, the, 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 the the delegation from Morty and the, the, the politicians who are there. Um, but ultimately, I suppose what we now know, the sequence of events is that D Forbes, uh, was saw you know, was he was asked to resign on on June 16th, and we're again I suppose we're asking the question: Why was this not included in the statement, the very detailed nine-page statement that Orty put out last uh, yesterday evening? Why is it only under pretty rigorous um, questioning from uh, politicians that this information is, is continuing to leak out? But we still don't have clarity in them. No, you know, um, as as to why the, the 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 matter of the overpayments were understated, we still do not have absolute clarity in relation to that issue, and that beggars belief now that we're almost a week out. Uh, Shuni Raleigh, the chair of Orti, who was appointed la- late last year, says that there's a cultural problem in Orti in which people existed in silos. These are senior people. And they all seem to say, well, look, D said do it. D said raise the invoice that paid Ryan Tuberty. D was negotiating with this. Are these people just nodding dogs? It, and they certainly open to that charge, Ian, and certainly the chief financial officer has been put through. Uh, Imelda Muster from Sinn Féin and others have, have, have literally laid into him and saying, listen, did you just nod this thing through? Did you not ask any questions? Did you not think, like, why was this, these payments, you know, described as consultancy fees? And, you know, we're getting very, I, I, I would say, not credible answers back from RTE, or certainly they, they leave themselves open to, to further questioning. But it does seem to seem that there was a lack of robust checks. Now, and for an organisation that is you know, known to be very conservative, that is RTE, and the various layers of bureaucracy that often, you know, will will be at the heart of, of decisions taken. When it came to the top 10 and um, relationships between its top presenters, their agent, I and Noel Kelly is an agent for, for many of them, um, they, they seem to be secret deals and kind of side deals and, and kind of different rules seem to apply. And 
One would order, um, did Noel Kelly have such a power and hold over senior figures in RTE that he was able to kind of get his way? Because not only, if you dial back where we were 24 hours ago, Ian, we were talking about RTE paying Renault essentially to cover the cost of these events that Ryan Tuberty was was um, you know obliged to kind of go to. RTE underwrote that deal and had to pay for it when Renault pulled out. They had to take all the risk and all the rest. So you're thinking, this seems to be a very bad deal from RTE all the way across, all on the premise of having to retain Ryan Tuberty services. I want to bring now, in Lorcan 9 now on this. Lorcan, you watched that, some of that committee hearing today. They had to do a job of getting out there and assuring people that they've gotten to the bottom of things, that they were sorry. Was it credible, that performance? It, it was never going to achieve that. It was never going to stop the questions. It was never going to show that this group has absolutely everything in hand because we're just in the middle of this. I mean, today is very much going to be seen, I think, as you know, the, the end of the beginning, uh, if, if nothing else, because there's questions that are flown from today, like that element of the loyalty business, that are going to be threads in and of themselves that are going to be pulled all the way through here. So it was never going to, to achieve that. It was never going to be possible to achieve that. Um, and it was always just going to lead to more questions. And there were more and more questions coming out of this. And I would have picked up some of the same things um, that, 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 that Danny picked up there in terms of, I thought, Ilmel the Munster's questioning was the, the core bit of the day, was that element of being able to drive in, give what Robert Caro, the biographer, used to call a sense of place that we could actually see at the previous committee and what was said, and then draw out the questioning so that it's a direct one or the other. It is either you should have questioned this, you should have asked questions, so that's one you did or you didn't. But then also it's, and if you didn't, what does that say about you? And what does that say about culture? And what does that say about the board? So getting to a question that gets to the nub of one of the issues and gives two answers, both of which are quite bad for RT. Look, and they're going to appear before the Public Accounts Committee tomorrow. And anybody who appears before the PAC knows that the questioning is much, much tougher. If they don't turn up with answers, is RT's reputation going to suffer even further detriment? I think it will. And again, I think because some of these answers aren't there, you know, aren't there with the members who are going to be there, I think that reputational damage is, is almost a given at this stage. And I think what you'll see is there's going to be huge changes from this, because even if you look at today, there, there were kind of calls for wider transparency than they would usually um, have wanted to say yes to things like being asked not just for the top 10 salaries but the top 100 salaries and they're not in a position now to say no to any requests like that. Requests like can we see 10 years of the barter accounts? Can we know Patrick Keith's salary? Now they're not saying they're definitely going to give the answers but they also did say they weren't going to give the answers and now they're going to be asked for those consistently. So there's going to be wider transparency from this but I think that that transparency is probably going to lead to more reputational damage because again this isn't a reputation management issue really uh, the truth is going to come out and I don't think the truth is going to reflect very very well on the culture or on the decisions that were made and look I think the core the theme of today was set by the Taoiseach when he said we do not believe that it is credible that only D Forbes knew about this now I don't think the questioners got to the bottom of that I don't think they got their win on that where they could establish that somebody else knew about it or make it very obvious that it's not credible. I think the Public Accounts Committee tomorrow will go at the same team. Who knew about what, when, and can, is it really credible to put everything on the person who's not in the room? Danny, briefly, do you think there might be a move to try and get D Forbes or compel D Forbes to appear before PAC at some point? Yeah, that, that there may be, but Ian, as someone who's watched committees for for many years and understands the compatibility process, it, it's certainly not straightforward. It's, it's it's very slow and it's very sort of bureaucratic. They have to appeal to essentially an oversight committee within the door to get it done, and there's always a bit of a time lag. So by the time they actually get D Forbes in. 
the heat, you know, the, the story would have moved on and the, sort of the impetus to sort of, you know, hear from her, you know, the, it, will, it will inevitably have you know, fallen or faded off the, the news agenda. But, you know, ultimately, I think, you know, the, the, the accusation made by Seamus Dooley of the NUJ two days ago that her, her resignation was essentially a, a tactical resignation to avoid this sort of scrutiny, given the timeline that uh, Shuni Rahali has put out uh, today, certainly seems to be bearing fruit and certainly seems to be stacking up that, that it was done, uh, you know, and the acceptance of her resignation was done essentially to avoid her going in before the committee because they're at odds with each other. Like, you know, so they couldn't exactly be sitting beside each other. Um, so I think from, from an RT perspective, they probably felt it's better for her not to be there and in the room disputing what what, what they're saying because I, I would presume D4 would certainly have grave issues with what RT uh, uh, are saying in the last 24 hours and since she's trying to put the blame solely at her door. Indeed. And we have to say in D4's statement the other day, which is the only one we've had from her, she did say that she had pointed out to her con- colleagues had been involved in it and there was internal communications about it. So perhaps we'd like to see them. Danny McConnell from the Business Post and Lorcan 9 from the Communications Clinic. Thank you very much. That committee still ongoing. And as I said, the Public Accounts Committee will be happening tomorrow where 16 people have been invited by by the PAC from RTE. Let's hope some of them turn up with some answers compared to what some of the answers were today. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.